You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Courtney. And we are so excited to have Katrina join us today. Katrina is most known for being the creative force behind her daughter Dallas's social media accounts, Discover with Dallas. And she's also the founder of the nonprofit, The Recess Project. But there is so much more to her. She is a passionate advocate for disability and LGBTQ rights, always fighting for equality, accessibility, and inclusion, while still managing to be a spontaneous, water sport loving wife and mother to four amazing daughters. She is a prime example of perseverance strength, and inspiration, having faced many challenges raising a family while achieving an undergraduate degree in human services and accounting. But even more than that, she is raising role models and educating the masses on the damaging results of ableism and discrimination. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Katrina. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was the best introduction ever. Oh, I'm so glad it does you justice because I felt like I couldn't even put the words together to do you justice. You're just such an inspiration and and we're just so excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm excited to talk with you. The best place to start because some of our listeners might not be aware of your social media accounts um, that you manage as well as your passion projects. Let's talk about Dallas and what... Dallas does as a career and what role you play in it as as her mom? It's definitely been an adventure since she's been born, but I'm more of like the behind the scenes definitely kind of person. I don't really like to be in front of the camera. Yeah, I help manage Discover with Dallas. So Discover with Dallas started maybe like two and a half years ago on YouTube. And how that happened was I was going to school full time trying to get my human services degree and Dallas for some reason had a bug up her butt that she wanted to start a YouTube channel. These days kids and YouTube it's like how we were with Nickelodeon if you're a 90s kid like that's all you watched was Nickelodeon. Well today it's YouTube so she's like mom can I please have a YouTube channel? And I'm like, Dallas, I have no clue how to start a YouTube channel. Like, (laughs) I don't know anything about editing videos. I'm very busy with school. She was just asking me for probably like two months. Can I have a YouTube channel now? I'm like, Dallas, what are you going to make a video of? I just want to show people about my wheelchair. And I was like, okay, but I, I maybe we'll do it one day. So I think it was like finals week and I was almost done with school and I had like a free weekend and she was like, okay, can we make our YouTube channel now? I was like, okay, fine. We'll just make a really quick video about your wheelchair. I somehow figured out how to like post it on YouTube. I called my brother cause he's very creative and I'm like, what do I name her YouTube channel? And him and his wife were thinking, like, of different ideas. And he goes, Discover with Dallas. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cute. So I put Discover with Dallas on the title, posted her YouTube, and I just threw it on my personal Facebook page. Like, family and friends were like, this is so 
cute. I love it. And I was like, Dallas, so many people like your, your YouTube channel. And she just lit up. So after that, it was kind of like, wow, this is really fun. Like I, I was always one of those annoying moms that's like, let me take a picture. Let me take a picture. I got to like film everything. Like we go on vacation. I'm the one with the camera because I just, I don't want to forget anything with my kids. Like, and I'm going to forget these moments. So I was always that annoying mom. So yeah, so that's kind of where Discover with Dallas started. It was my seven-year-old just badgering me to make a YouTube channel because she loves YouTube and it grew from there. So now we're on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, but we're not really active on Facebook, but her YouTube channel is like her pride and joy. And it's so cute because she like, she's the coolest kid in school because she has a YouTube channel. It's so funny. It's really cool. And it's been a fun adventure that I never expected to be on. And it really kind of changed the whole trajectory of my life, really. So I kind of owe it to her and showing me this like path that I couldn't be happier to be on. Yeah, I feel like I owe a lot to Dallas in that way. And then, yeah, she's also in um, acting and modeling, which is like another thing. she works with an agent near the Chicagoland area. She's had a couple of cool gigs. Her very first audition, she booked uh, as a guest star on Chicago Med. We were like, oh my gosh, is that how it is? You just audition and you get the job <laughs> right away? And they're like, well, that usually doesn't happen, but... <laughs> but Dallas was the coolest kid they met. <laughs> I know that was like one of the coolest experiences being like on set like on a huge tv show um and then she's had a couple of gigs after that but it's definitely a tough industry especially if you are disabled so yeah we'll see what happens with that she's a keeper I'm keeping her I'm keeping all of them Me and Brittany were chatting a little bit. How difficult it must be navigating the world of acting and modeling when your your child has a disability. I imagine that's incredibly challenging. And me and Brittany just spitballing to each other. We were like, "Oh my god, I can only imagine some of the things that like you, just you like both the face. level of ableism that that must be in the industry." You know, I'm sure it's it's changing over time and it's better than it was but I can still imagine there must be quite a bit of ableism that uh, anyone who's disabled in the industry has to face. Yeah definitely I think accessibility is definitely a huge factor we're still she's still like new to this industry you know and isn't like a seasoned actor model but with the experiences that we've had Accessibility seems, I mean, that plays a role in every aspect of life when you're a wheelchair user, but definitely in the modeling and acting world. I remember there was one photo shoot that we had, and it was a location shoot, and it was for a company that services, like home services for people with disabilities or elderly And it was at this house and it had to have been like an old house. And we get there and it's 
like a full fledged of stairs to get in the place with no ramps. And we're like, oh. do you think they know? Like, she's in, like, she's how? In a wheelchair? Like, how? Yeah. I'm just like looking at, you know, these stairs and I'm like, okay, so I guess we're carrying her 350 pound wheelchair <gasps> up to the chute. Oh so it's God. just like things like that, that it's kind of like you go to a lot of these places and you're just like, okay, like you knew when we she got hired that so it's just I think it's just accessibility sucks everywhere you know yeah yeah and I think her major one of the things the problems that she has in the industry is her wheelchair stickers (laughs) she's got a ton of them and that was a problem that we um knew right in the beginning with the Chicago med shoot because stickers are logos Oh. And so, like, I was like, why are the they first... hating on stickers? <laughs> I know, yeah. I love our stickers. <laughs> yeah, you. So, like, they're like, well, we basically have to get permission from every single sticker on our wheelchair that we can have it on TV. So they oh, actually covered snap. it with garland. Some of the jobs, like, they just don't. I don't know if they just don't care or they don't realize, and she's able to go in there with her wheelchair. And it's just fine. But I think some of like the more famous companies definitely understand that they can't have. So like Barbie, she was on a Barbie ad and they tried covering her stickers with like black painter's tape. So it would make her wheelchair black. And as they're doing it, we're, we're like looking at it like, yeah, that looks horrible. <laughs> so we brought her manual wheelchair as a backup. And so she was, for that shoot, she just used her manual wheelchair. That's so challenging. Yeah. Like, here's this little girl who wants to just express herself, and her wheelchair is an extension of herself. And she's also trying to really honestly spark her career as well. But then you have these stupid things TV and you know anything recorded I definitely would not have even thought about that Mm -hmm. that's wild it's the industry you know you're getting paid to be who they want you to be so if they are like hey I don't want you to have all these you know if they could say well we're not going to hire you because this isn't the way that we the image that we want so it is a harsh industry you know if she decides this isn't her thing then she you know she gets out of it a lot of people ask like will message us and be like how do i get my kid to do modeling and acting like i i have a disabled kid too and i'm just like i don't even really respond to those comments because it's not something that I would necessarily encourage unless they are expressing that they want to do it. Yeah. I think that applies to all kids too, you know, like regardless of disability or not, I feel like that's a great mindset to be as a parent that, you know, you're not going to sit there and like push and exploit children to go into any field, but particularly a, a very, very rough career in acting and modeling you know that industry is yeah. brutal to it's everyone. a lot of rejection a lot of rejection and it's hard work I mean people think that 
it's easy because you're you're just smiling in front of a camera. You definitely need a certain personality. The Barbie shoot, that was a very hard shoot. It was extremely fun. But just to imagine you are a little girl and there are every Barbie that you can think of in front of you, but you can't touch it. Oh, no. It's like, that's like hell. I know. Yeah. It is like instructional playing. Yeah. You know, it's a lot that goes into it. And you have a ton of people looking at you and there's bright lights flashing at you and there's people yelling at you to do this and do that. Like, it is not just standing there and there is direction that these kids are having to do. And it's, you got to be outgoing. You got to be very easy to work with. It's a certain personality that you need. So it's not something that like I encourage unless, yeah, your kid is wants to do it and has, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's cool. It's really cool to watch and see how each of my kids are so different from each other and seeing where they go off to. We do want to ask just as like, you know, mothers ourselves, Did you have any reservations other than not knowing how to do YouTube or videos or anything like that? When Dallas approached you and asked for a YouTube channel and being so active on social media, did you have any reservations about that? And did you have any conversations with her or do you still just about how gross sometimes the world can be? Yeah, it's definitely something I had no clue when we first started. We kind of grew to Instagram and stuff because when we first started on YouTube, you couldn't comment on our videos because we were setting them as made Mm. for kids. So I'm like, why don't we start Instagram? And that was a whole nother ball field. I had no clue because I was I was on Facebook all the time. I never was had an Instagram account. I just had no clue about like the ableism on the internet. That was definitely a learn something that I learned as Discover with Dallas grew. And especially after like the first viral video, which I think was on TikTok. I I think it was on TikTok. This video was from Jay-Z. It's a hard knock life. It's a hard knock life for us. So I have like these creative video ideas. My brain is like a machine that never stops. And I heard that song and I get inspired by songs that I hear. And we were just starting to talk about inclusive playgrounds because we had just visited one and never visited one before. And that was like how my whole life changed after that. So we started talking about inclusive playgrounds and I was like, oh my God, this would be a cool video. I had like some footage of Dallas. There's this park the girls go to sometimes as we're like trying, or I think we go fishing and stuff there. And obviously it's not an inclusive park because there's like 1% of parks are, but she wants to go because her sisters are there. The kids are there and stuff like that. So we kind of show clips of her, and the inaccessibility of this park. And then at the end of the video, it's her on a wheelchair swing at an inclusive park. And that was the first video that we made of an inclusive playground that um, went viral. And that was the first time that we, I should say I read because Dallas didn't read any of those comments, the most horrific comments that I've ever seen. And 
it tore me to shreds because I was like, what the F is going on? How can people say these things about my daughter, about accessibility, about inclusion? I learned very quickly not to respond to those comments because my instinct was to talk back. You just go down a rabbit hole with these people um, that spread hate on your page. It's just a waste of time. I think I spent hours that day, hours, just trying to convince these people that the way that they are thinking is completely wrong. And I actually got off social media I think for a week I I was like I'm I'm, I need to really meditate on what we are Mm -hmm. doing here and how I am going to handle this ableism I wasn't prepared it was like such a shock to me I really did I meditated I created videos so I started roller skating that week I bought some roller skates on Amazon And I just started roller skating around my house and filming videos and just meditating. And I was like, the message that Discover with Dallas gives to the world is so much more powerful than the message that these haters are saying on her page. If we stop what we're doing, then they win, you know? You don't get used to all of that hatred but it's almost like there was a saying I heard when I used to watch The Walking Dead like a decade ago but I'll never forget it because at the time I was going through like so much grief over a loss that I had and she said something like you never forget the pain that you feel in your heart and I know that it seems like you can't handle it but you find a place for it Hmm. so that you can live Mm -hmm. so I kind of like feel like that like it's that pain that I feel for Dallas and what the world thinks of her and how she's treated it's horrifying because you know that's your kid yeah. But I have found a place in my heart to put it so that she can persevere. She can prove these, I'm going to say it, these motherfuckers wrong. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're instilling that in her too. Because she's going to eventually be old enough to have to face this herself, whether it's online or offline. And I think just teaching her and being that model for her, you don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to apologize for who you are or what you do. Put these people in their place and then move on. Because it sucks so bad, but you're never, nothing's ever going to change the opinions of these people. Exactly. They're just, you know, it's just like they exist and I don't know <laughs> yeah. why they exist and why their mindset is the way that it is. But yeah, giving them any sort of attention is, is sometimes what they want, even if it's bad attention. It's exactly what they want. I mean, I've made response videos before and now I 
put a little cross on the username, but, and I hide it because I've made a video before of like a comment response and they'll go into that response and they'll be like, oh, I got a whole video. Like they got excited about it. And I was Ew. like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to give you that pleasure anymore. No. If we do make a response video, some, a lot of people are like, I can't believe like you guys get these sort of comments and I'm like, oh, you're only seeing the nice ones. <laughs> yeah, those I, aren't like, even the worst. Not, those even aren't the worst. You're not seeing the death threats and stuff like that. It's insane to me. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's insane to me. There's another saying that I really go by too, which I like and I wish I can remember it verbatim, but it was something along the lines of like, don't talk to people who don't listen to you because mm. if you do, then they're devaluing what you have to say. Hmm. So if I'm giving you attention and we are arguing about this topic and you're really not listening to what I have to say, you're just devaluing our message here. So I'm not going to give you that attention. If we make a video and it's like a comment response, those comments Dallas will see because we talk about like some of these comment responses or some of these ableist comments and I have to make sure that the ones that she sees, you know, age appropriate, nothing horrifying, those ones she doesn't see. And we talk about it because I'm not going to be doing Discover with Dallas. Um, when she's older, she's taking all of this. This is her thing. And I'll just be working on the recess project and I'll just be the one behind the camera helping her edit videos and stuff. But she's going to be the one doing all the engagement mm -hmm. and the captions and all that. But yeah, eventually she's going to take this completely over and I have to prepare her for stuff she's going to see, you know, right. age appropriately. Right. You know, she has a moderator on Instagram. Wes helps us out. So hopefully, like, she won't ever see the really bad ones because the moderator will be if on If there's that, anyone but... that you want on your team, it's him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Nothing surprises him. But I'm like, you are going to learn so much self-control <laughs> on this channel than you ever would because you don't know how many times I want to just... Ah! Like oh. on the keyboard. The thing is, her Instagram is like her business card for print yeah. and film. Mm. So her agent says, you can't have anything negative on your account because casting directors are going to come to Instagram or TikTok and they're going to look and see like, what is this kid about and stuff like that. So if this is Dallas, you know, like we are representing her and making sure that everything portrayed would be okay in the eyes of a casting director mm -hmm. you know we don't want to hurt her chances of getting a job or something like that so it's very hard very 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 difficult we talked a little bit with wes about the nature the vile nature of social media and trolls and stuff like that and this is like a really important lesson for any parent on social media, but particularly with a disabled child, just such a marginalized mm -hmm. 
group. Definitely. Those are such tricky conversations. Like I'm listening to you, Katrina, talk about how you've had to talk to Dallas about this. And and the, the reality hit me a little bit because I'm going to be in the same shoes at some point. I'm going to have to talk to my disabled son about... God, just the the cruelness of, of the world and, and how ignorant people can be. And that really honestly just hurt me to think about yeah. actually having to communicate that. Like I, I can I can genuinely only in my head imagine some of the things people have said on Dallas's account that you've had to sit there and read. And then you obviously you're never going to sit there and say hey, so they said this really awful thing to you that when it's really super vulgar and violent, just absolutely right. disgusting. Mm-hmm. But you hold that. That sits with you, you know? And that's such a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And and I love that you said that that one saying really guides you because I think you have to compartmentalize these sorts of things. Like mm-hmm. you have to, you have to accept that it exists, right? There's no way of eliminating it. Unfortunately, people are assholes and there are some like you said, real motherfuckers out there who honestly Mm -hmm. should just go away. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're able to even do that and bring so much good out of what you and Dallas do is just phenomenal, I have to say. And, you know, I look at I look at her account and, and her account is so beautiful from the perspective of it shows how much representation means to her you know and and that that includes accessibility and inclusion but it's just it's just so beautifully displayed it's such a a perfect image of what it means to her and and when I also think about that I think about as a mom I when I look at her account I'm always thinking about you so Yes, representation is is this highlight of her Instagram account and what it means to her. But what is representation, the proper representation of your daughter mean to you as her mom? Yes, that's a great question. And honestly, how I have managed Discover with Dallas is I'm always not thinking of me. I'm thinking of Dallas's perspective. And that perspective is she is belongs to the disability community she always will be she was born to be and her account is representation of a community that i do not belong in and when people see her account they know that she is a disabled child so i want to make sure that it is represented in a good way And I want people to know that like this account is not my experience of raising Dallas and it's not my perspective of being her parent, but her perspective of living life. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to help her be on this platform, I want to make sure that when she's older and she looks back at all these videos and she's going to be proud of her platform. And I don't want her to feel like, you know, this was for my mom. Like she, she just wanted to find that community for herself. And like, I want her to know that this is her thing. And you, yes, I helped you create it. I'm using my 
creative juices and we have used this for advocacy and inclusion. I always think with every video I post, if a disabled person looks at this video, are they going to like it? Hmm. I'm not looking at it as mm -hmm. if a parent of a disabled child looks at this video, are they going to like it? Was it meant for them? It's meant for people with disabilities because she is a person with a disability and her face is on this account. This is for her. So I never really, and that totally did not answer your question, but um, <laughs> it was still, it was still beautifully said though. <laughs> uh, because I'm like, oh, it was. and I really don't think of yourself why this is important to me because when we make a video of inclusive playgrounds or accessibility or inclusion or stuff like that i'm always thinking like this hopefully will open the eyes to other people so that they can see how we are treating people with disabilities and how we are excluding them and hopefully it will mm -hmm. amplify the voices and help the disability community. I'm not here to make friends and find a community for myself. I have, and I, that's a wonderful, you know, thing that I have, you know, a community of people, but most of the people that I talk to are people with disabilities online, not a, and a few parents <laughs> that have children with disabilities, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to be like, why is representation and accessibility important to me? Because it, it, it's important because it's important to this community that I advocate for and, you know, my daughter is a part of. But I don't really think of, I think it, it would, I don't know, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I just don't think that in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's important because we just want our kids to be happy, right? Yeah. Like we want our kids to be happy and included. Um, Courtney Live their and best I, lives. We, yeah, and Courtney and I were in a similar situation where we have interabled children. So um, our oldest boys, they're both disabled, and then our youngest children are not. And I think it, it, it's split equally that we want both of our kids to go to a playground <laughs> and have a good mm -hmm. time and have fun and – it's for Dallas and it's for the disabled community and all that, but it is also for you to some extent because you are helping make a wave of change to see your daughter live such a wonderful life and have things be more inclusive to her and or, you know, go that way. <laughs> That's the goal yeah. is, is to help make that change. And when there is more inclusion, there's a higher quality of life for these yeah, kids. Exactly. Yeah, it's like we are trying to, we're, we're showing you these things in hopes that people will start changing their mind and start doing things differently, especially in schools, because that's yeah. the first place that we learn that disabled people are, we don't tailor to them and we push them off to the side. Yep. We learn very young, and very young do disabled kids learn that the world is not really meant for them. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to start in the elementary school setting. This actually is a great segue into you talking a little bit about the Recess Project and uh, how it came about. I mean, this is clearly a passion project for you, and I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm so excited for the Recess Project to, to just 
barrel through all the schools yeah. and give us all the playgrounds. But why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what the Recess Project is? The Recess Project is my everything. I swear to God, I'm giving my blood, sweat, and tears to this organization. I tell everyone, you don't understand how big this is going to be. You don't understand the drive that I have for this project. You know how everyone knows St. Jude's mm-hmm. nonprofit? Yeah. This is going to be the next St. Jude's. Everyone is going to know the Recess Project. I'm holding, I'm holding you to that, Katrina. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> Give me time, give me some years, but I'm telling you, like, I want to see this succeed more than anything because of the impact that it's going to have. So the Racist Project was started, we started this in March, and for a long time, I'm like, man, I want to do, everyone's like, because we, like, specialize in inclusive playground videos, and everyone's like, oh, how can you know, do you, do you help build inclusive playgrounds or whatever? I'm like, no, I actually want to start a nonprofit organization. I have no clue how. And I, I really wasn't getting the idea on like what exactly I wanted to do with inclusive playgrounds. And I'll tell you how it began was why we started advocating for inclusive playgrounds. So if you have a kid with a disability like Dallas, um, and they're a wheelchair user or they use a walker, any sort of mobility aid, you learn very quickly that parks are not going to be your thing. Mm-hmm. And playgrounds, man, like as a kid, like a non-disabled kid growing up are the shit. That's where it was at, right? <laughs> Think of all the, all of the awesome things, like memories and all of the accidents yeah. that you saw on playgrounds. Like it is like a crucial part of growing up right and then you have kids of your own and you take them to the park all the time like I have her two older sisters they're non-disabled you know go to the park we like made it a thing we're like let's find a new park every weekend and we'll like you know have adventures at all these new parks there's parks everywhere there's playgrounds everywhere Every, every every elementary school Every community probably has like 10 of them. They're just everywhere. You can't get away from them, which is a good thing. So Dallas was born and uh, we stopped going to them because it was like, ah, she can do the baby swing. And then she got too big for the baby swing and she had her wheelchair and it was like, well, this isn't really working out. Yeah. So we just stopped going to them. And then Park in our nearby town had made it inclusive and we didn't know somebody like messaged me hey did you see that this park like has a wheelchair swing and like they they just rebuilt it to be inclusive and I was like no I don't even know what that is I'm like don't know what a wheelchair swing is but they were having like some grand opening or some like get together and they asked us to go and I was like oh sure we'll go it was like a nonprofit organization that was throwing this party to celebrate this park. And we went there and we went there and this was the first probably, you know, it's, it was been a long time since we went to the park. It had like the rubberized flooring, never seen that before. So Dallas just rolls down the park, we're like, wow. And then there was like, next to the jungle gym, there was like kind of like this brown little fence that like fenced off this little area. And then there was like this door that opened and you open the door and there's just just like 
this contraption that like we've never seen before and it had like this little ramp that like folded down and then you just like like that's a wheelchair swing what (laughs) what is this and I wasn't you know this was just like a play date kind of day I wasn't really prepared to film anything we pushed her on the wheelchair swing and I had my phone and I was with my friends and their kids and like I seriously cry every time I tell this story It makes me want to cry. I know. So they're like pushing her and I'm like filming. And like, I'm just like staring. I'm just holding my phone and my like tears start welling up in my eyes. And the scream that she made and like her face was something I'll never forget. And you got me, girl. Like every time, literally every time I tell this story, I cry because I just remember that feeling and something in that day and that exact moment, I knew something is about to change because it was like the first time that I saw her like actually included on a playground where she didn't have to manipulate herself. She didn't have to squeeze herself into a swing or get out of her wheelchair to like hold on to something. She was present in that moment as her full self. Hmm. And she was able to play as herself. And I can't just like the feeling was like a fire lit in my heart that day because for the first time I saw what inclusion meant and how it looked and how it felt and I was like we need more of this we need to show the world what this means so that's when we started talking about inclusive playgrounds after that day and that's where it all started that day that exact moment was when I knew I would be advocating for inclusive playgrounds probably for the rest of my life it's such a big deal. It really is. It is. For me, it's like uh, Courtney and I are our oldest sons who are disabled. They're both nonverbal. So there's always kind of this fear of them not being able to tell us what they want to do and things like that. And I, and I think because of that, there's also this fear of constantly worrying where our children are in in inclusivity and not just wanting them to be a bystander and Mm -hmm. just watch, especially at school, right? Because we're not there. Yeah. (laughs) Every day when I pick up, pick Cyrus up from school, there is like this big giant fence that you can't see into the preschool playground, right? But like, I like try to look between (laughs) the cracks of the fence and I'm like, what's he doing? Is he being included? And you know, um, And we're very, very, very fortunate that um, his school actually did just build a brand spanking new inclusive playground. That's awesome. That is Uh, awesome. He's not there yet because it's like kindergarten and up. (laughs) It's for the bigger kids. But knowing when when that time comes, he's going to have so many pieces of equipment. And I think just hearing you talk about this just like hits me right in the feels because... It's that exact depiction of our kids aren't just 
bystanders, which is what society places on them, right? Society puts Mm -hmm. them in the position of, you can watch, but you can't touch kind of thing. Yeah. My goodness. Just seeing them light up when when they're included. And then there's always, like, that piece for me that it's, like, I don't understand why people get so heated over (laughs) inclusive playgrounds. What is the deal with that? They get so pissed about it. It's the weirdest thing to me. It's funny because a lot of the videos that we show are of wheel of the cool inclusive playground features like the wheelchair swing and the zip line and stuff like that. And those are all very eye-catching and will get people's attention. But I tell people, do you want to know the first thing that she rolls up to at an inclusive playground? And you'll never guess. It's the ramp to the jungle gym. <sighs> it's the jungle gym, like literally the ramp to the jungle gym and for the longest time i'm like why is that the first thing that she wants to go to the jungle gym is like the epicenter of any playground it is where all the kids are running around it's where they're socializing and you know it's just like the center of the playground she wants to be included in that mass of kids she wants to talk to you she wants to laugh with you she wants like it's like the party that's happening on the playground she wants to be included in that she doesn't have to go on the monkey bars everyone's like what is she gonna do on the jungle gym she can't do the monkey bars she just okay back up (laughs) you're not really thinking like Mm -hmm. she just wants to be with you guys she's obviously she's not gonna do the monkey bars i'm not advocating put my kid on the monkey bars Mm -hmm. it's not what it's about people forget that the socialization that happens at a playground is actually likely the highlight of every child more than anything else yeah Yeah. they don't go to playgrounds to just run around by themselves that's not the the idea of a playground a hundred percent it's this socialization factor of the playground that I feel like is even more important than the Mm -hmm. physical aspect. I mean, you put your kid on a trampoline on your house, at your house, they're going to have more fun at the playground because they're with other kids and they're socializing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not just the physical part of going to a playground. It's the imagination that they create. It's talking with other kids it's all of that it's the playground is more than just that it's so important so the old playground that was at our elementary school was all wood like the the town people kind of got together built this thing I mean it was like I don't even know what chemicals it was treated with but everyone was guaranteed to walk out of there with like 800 splinters probably a couple broken bones like wasp stings because you know they were wasp nests everywhere and so they were like this is not safe let's tear it down the kids in the elementary school were actually the ones that were like let's make it inclusive and It was this huge, the kids were so proud of it. They came up with a design and they got funding for it and all this. And it was so unbelievable to see once, because the project just finished a few months ago. And so once it finished, it was wild to see the comments in like our town Facebook page of people being like, this is ridiculous. Why would they do this? It excludes, it excludes everyone. And I'm like, hi, mom over here. Like, I promise you it does not exclude anyone. And like the 55 year old men that were so heated over a playground that they're literally never going to step foot on was wild. (laughs) I'm like, why do you care?
care about this? Are you going to so go ridiculous. on the swings? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, People get so mad. I see comments about the ramps, too. They're, like, so mm-hmm. pissed that there's yeah. ramps so and not pissed. stairs. Yep. Hashtag yes. remove all rams. Yeah. I'm like, wow, oh you asshole. What? <laughs> like, what? Do, do people have nothing better to do with their times than, like, it's just, I just don't get it. <laughs> this is the society that we live in where if one person is getting something, that must mean we're getting something taken mm. away. Yeah. So if I'm talking about putting a ramp somewhere, well, you must be taking stairs away. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, share <laughs> lovers, you will have <laughs> stairs and ramps. I've never been to a playground that has it's just one or just the other ramp. Yeah. Like, don't worry, you will have your beloved stairs. I promise you. <laughs> it's going to be so like my annoying. new my new thing now to call people stair lovers. <laughs> yeah, when like, it's not accessible, you know, I'm going to be like, you stair loving restaurant. You stair lovers. <laughs> The hell? <laughs> I I know there's a whole community of people that will fight to the death to make sure that there are stairs. So it's just like they hear inclusion and they're like, oh my gosh, something is being taken away from me. If you're adding people into the mix, I must be not getting something. That's yeah. like the mentality. Or it's like the big one is I'm not going to waste my tax dollars on mm, this shit. Uh... I'm like, oh, okay. Parents of kids with disabilities or adults with disabilities don't pay taxes like where do you it's exactly how we are like we are paying taxes on playgrounds too that our kids can't use right like yeah (laughs) and I I feel like I barely know where my taxes go anyway and I probably wouldn't be happy if I knew that if I did want to know where they were going throw it on that but I can guarantee right? that's not where they're going anyway. It's like a money <laughs> no. thing. Most yeah, inclusive definitely. playgrounds, most inclusive playgrounds, and maybe you have more insight, Katrina, but from my understanding, most of them are like nonprofits that are building them or they're being yeah, like grants. Fu- mm-hmm. Yeah, grants and fundraisers mm-hmm. is actually not tax dollars at all. Yeah. Exactly. And that is 100% correct. These are built by nonprofit organizations, which is unfortunate because it shouldn't be nonprofit organizations yeah. that build these playgrounds. They should be built by the communities. Absolutely. The recess project is different because we are not trying to build just one playground in one location because the most important thing that I feel where inclusive playgrounds should be, should be in schools. And there is this void of nobody is really focusing on schools. And I really feel like that's how the recess project is different from the other nonprofit organizations creating inclusive playgrounds, because we're not just focusing on building one playground at one school, but The idea is that students nominated, schools nominated that are in a school that they can't access the playground. And so the recess project is going to donate and work with the school on inclusive piece of equipment that we can put in that school. And it's going to be like a seedling across the United States. And it will only be schools because we've already had um, people reach out, can you help with this playground that we're building in our town? The answer will always be no. We will only help schools. That is our focus because if you ask me, the most important place right now that a child needs to feel included would be when they are in school. 
Yeah. When this is yeah. where we are With learning. Classmates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is when everyone has recess, every student has recess. They are forced to have recess. They have to go outside and have recess. It is actually the law. You cannot take recess away from children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they are basically forced to go outside and look at all these children playing on the playground. Mm -hmm. For Dallas, she can't go in the playground. It's not accessible. So her recess is rolling around the blacktop and her friends are going to go play in the playground, you know? Yeah. In schools, the children are forced to be bystanders because yeah. they didn't think about making their playground accessible. Mm -hmm. A community playground, uh, we need those too. We need nonprofit organizations to build these inclusive playgrounds in the community. But the kids don't have to go to these inaccessible playgrounds that are in their community. They don't have to go there. Yeah. But at school, they have to go there. So that is the first place that they are going to learn that, hey, this sucks being disabled. Yeah. This sucks living in this world. They don't fucking care about me and my accessibility. I love this project for this exact reason, Katrina. I, I think you were able to take this amazing experience of your first time in an inclusive playground with your, your kids and build something so damn amazing. I'm so Thank excited you. to see this project really take off. And like you said, I'm telling you, I'm holding you to it. I'm waiting for the day that I'm like, oh, yeah, you see that inclusive playground in every school? <laughs> That's my friend Katrina. I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm okay. telling you, I'm so excited about it. And it, it's such an amazing oh. passion project. And I think it really showcases how absolutely fucking phenomenal your family is let's be honest yeah Aww. you guys are just rocking at life right now and i'm just oh, loving it no. <laughs> uh, we are gonna wrap up for for today but we're gonna be certain to just post links and make sure we're, everybody is aware of the recess project and how they can get involved how they can nominate a school how they can nominate a child or, or a student uh we'll be sure to post all those links and get all that information out there for our all our listeners and before we sign Thank off you. I have a question for you my dear I, I told Brittany I said you know Dallas's Instagram to me is like an it's an ode to adult Dallas and, and I mean that in the way that you're laying the groundwork for such a well-adjusted educated proactive badass adult uh, with how you're raising her but we all have our moments and our shitty days. And if you were looking at Dallas in the future, let's say like a 35-year-old Dallas and she's having a bad day, the internet's being cruel, the real world is being fucking cruel, um, and she's just feeling really down and out. And if, if, if there were some words or a saying that you wish you could kind of echo in her ear on, on this day in the future, we're looking at her. What would you say to Dallas in that moment? Oh, wow. There's this saying that it's actually on my personal Instagram that I kind of live by. And it's don't be like the rest of them, darling. <sighs> like, it's kind of like just be yourself, man. And fuck them all. <laughs> as long as you're happy with yourself. And the person that you are, you don't, you know, just don't be like the rest of them, darling. I love that. I love and that. And yeah, 
it's just what I live by with my kids. It's just, I always wanted to just be their cheerleader. And I don't have this mold that I'm trying to make them into so that people think I'm a good parent. I just embrace who they really are and how they feel and how they want to express themselves. Like, I personally would never wear 60 bracelets on my arm. I would be extremely hot and I wouldn't want people looking at me. But she does. As much of a pain in the ass it is taking all those off so we could take a bath and it takes 30 minutes. That's how she wants to express herself, you know, and she doesn't give a shit. It's her. She loves her jewelry. And she will rock it. And she does rock in it. Every audition, in every yeah, she she does. So she wasn't born to be a Cheerio. She was born to be a Fruit Loop. I love so... that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cheerios are so... boring, anyways. <laughs> yeah, Cheerios fucking suck, man. Be a Fruit Loop. <laughs> They taste better. They look better. Just the be milk yourself. is sweeter. Yeah. I know. Don't be like the rest of them. Don't be a fucking Cheerio. Be the Fruit Loop you were born to be. I hope when, when we're talking about that day, Dallas is just having a shitty day in the future. I hope all she keeps thinking is, I'm a Fruit Loop, baby. I'm a fucking I'm a Fruit, fruit loop. loop. I'm a fucking Fruit Loop. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, Katrina, you are absolutely incredible. I don't think Courtney and I have stopped smiling this entire episode. <laughs> oh. We are my cheeks and my ears my cheeks are hurt. hurting from hurt a little. yeah oh. from smiling this whole time. You are you are the epitome of just an amazing, incredible mother and advocate, and we are so beyond thankful that that you took the time out to talk to us because we know you're busy and we just are so appreciative of of you giving us some of your time oh thank you I had so much fun too and thank you for you know spreading the word and supporting the recess project and supporting discover with Dallas it's I really appreciate it. Of course. And we we hope our listeners enjoyed today's episode. We thank you guys for listening to the Bitching and Bullsing podcast. We encourage everyone to donate to the Recess Project. We will link it down below in the description. Please donate. If you cannot donate, please share it. That's all. You just take a little sharing and then maybe somebody that you share it with will donate. So donate, share, spread the word about the Recess Project and let Let's get these kids playing on some playgrounds. Thank so you. thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Katrina, again for joining us. Thanks, yeah, guys. thank you. It's fun. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. Previous episodes can be heard on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you like what we said, please be sure to give us a share. You can follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bolusing. And you can visit us at www.bitchingandbullisling.com.